Welcome to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you haven't joined us before, we're passionate about all things internal medicine and helping you become the best tech you can be. We'll be discussing interesting internal medicine diseases, how to work closely with pet parents, and how to become the go-to tech in your practice. Now, let's start the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. Thanks so much for listening and making a commitment to learning. Hope everybody is doing well. I'm your host. I am Jordan Porter, joined by the almost one-year-older Yvonne Brandenburg. (laughs) Oh, thanks. I guess by the time this comes out, so you and I are both one year older, like within a week span. I know. It's kind of crazy. By the time this comes out, your birthday will have been yesterday. Yes. Because it's... It comes out on August 3rd and your birthday's Monday. Yeah. So mine's Monday. Yeah. I was like, what day of the week is it? I'm not even sure. Um, it's Saturday technically. <laughs> yes. So Jordan just had her birthday. <laughs> I think that's why we get along so well is because you and I are both like just rocking Leos. We are. We're first Leos. Yeah. Which how that makes us compatible. I'm not sure. Hmm. Actually, it's not supposed to, right? maybe it's just a pride of lions thing like we're the women providing that's true that's true we're, we're gonna like go the hunt lionesses down. yeah we're gonna go hunt down some game yeah we can we can hunt down that mega esophagus giraffe that you like to yes talk about. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and then hopefully we don't have to go into a coma of rest and digest and just stand there in our lion selves this is i have zero eggs for everyone right now yeah right I have zero self-control so the likelihood of me having to rest and digest is pretty high yeah yeah again glad we don't have to do that as eaters as eaters (laughs) uh yeah but I um because I had the post about your birthday so um I did not do the Instagram or Facebook live whatever it was that Jordan wished for sorry I couldn't bring myself to do it that's fine. Maybe I'll make one for your birthday on Monday. Oh God. <laughs> I want to, I do want to thank everybody for the birthday wishes who reached out. I appreciate it. I felt loved this year. Yeah. It was pretty cool. I got to see a bunch of your stuff that you were doing that day too. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, very much an adult birthday. Like I think the best part of my birthday was that I took a nap <laughs> nice. like an hour and a half long nap. Everybody's <laughs> like, what'd you do today? And I was like, I slept. Oh, cause you took the day off. Well, it was my normal day off anyway. Like, oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, and then I'm actually supposed to be going out to work Friday with my coworker. Going out to work, going out after work on Friday like, with oh. <laughs> with my coworkers for my birthday, just because oh, everybody fun. was like, "Can we wait till payday?" <laughs> like, you know, that tech, that tech problems, that tech life. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, so true. So yeah, we're oh. going out for some Mexican food and drinks on Friday nice that's awesome yeah yeah we were kind of talking about it at my work because um it's my birthday and friday will be your last uh, day my friday this coming friday is gonna be my last internal medicine shift i don't i'm i so it's freaking me out a little bit i think you're gonna love it i i i think so i'm just like it you know <laughs> I have been with the same team. So myself and then, um, Dr. Brandy Ensley 
and Miss Sarah Actino, like the three of us have been a team for six years. Like we figured out our first shifts together um, and we just celebrated our six year anniversary as a team. And it's going to be really weird. I don't know. We get along so well. Like it's a unicorn team. Yeah. That's how I know and, my team is right now. And too. I'm just like, oh, like it's, it's killing me that I won't see them every day. Like, I know, I know it'll be great for Sarah. She's such a strong tech. Um, and don't you love that when you see techs that you helped train just being like, do just, well, she was one of my students. Yeah. I remember you saying that. So I taught her and then she like worked in a clinic for like a year and we called her because I wanted her to come work for us, but that, but my work was like, no, she needs more experience. So then after she got her RBT and after she worked in a clinic for like, I think a year, um, we had a position come up again and I was like, please call her. So they called her and she started working and I was so excited to have her work with us. And so, you know, we kind of joke that I've been, I've been there through her entire tech career and she have been. Yeah. And she's, she's so freaking smart and I can't wait for her to get her BTS. Like, does she know that she's smart? Like, I mean, my, my coworker underestimates how smart and valuable she is. I think she underestimates herself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think she knows she's smart, but she doesn't know she's smart. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. 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 Like I, I think yeah. that. Yeah. She definitely, I think she definitely underestimates herself. Um, she, and she, she told me she's going to apply for her BTS again. Woo-hoo. So, um, cause she, <laughs> she totally missed it by a technicality, which sucks because she she yeah anyways that's a whole long story but, i mean i get um, that though it's like oh man it's so stressful and then it's yeah. like overlook like one minor thing you're like oh damn it <laughs> yeah and she and honestly like i oh god it kills us and she actually was like i'm never i'm never doing it again and so it's been enough time <laughs> for her to like heal herself <laughs> And so, yeah, she, she told me she's gonna, she's gonna start working on it this year. And she's like, are you still gonna be able to like help me with stuff? And I was like, yes, I'm not, I mean, I'm going somewhere, but I'm not really going anywhere. Yeah. Um, Cause I'll still, I'm still working for the same company and um, I'm going to be, I'm supposed to be based out of the same location. Yeah. Um, I just, I just won't be there <laughs> for every shift because I'll like my first week I have to travel if you guys know the Bay area, I have to travel to like the San Jose area and I have to be there at seven 30 in the morning on a Monday. Um, and it makes me regret my life choice a little bit. <laughs> I've done that commute before and I'm like, Oh God. Um, because right now I'm very spoiled with my 20 minute commute with bad traffic. So this is going to be like an hour and a half to get down the San Jose area which oh my god no it's not that it's like 40 miles or something like that but it's just horrible traffic wow but the nice thing is i won't be based there so i won't have to do it frequently but i'll i'll definitely have to go down that way so Hmm. yeah and i get to come see you in a month i know i'm so excited i can't wait (laughs) you're gonna be here like four days and we have like a lot of stuff already and I know like, I know be, like running that whole time Ugh, I yeah <laughs> isn't that how it always goes though like that's yeah. just yeah that's the way I do trips for sure <laughs> yeah well I feel I feel like my trip to see you guys 
was more chill. And I think it's because you had just yeah. gotten home. So we like didn't plan anything crazy. But this time we're like, we haven't seen each other in like two years. So we're just going to pack all this stuff into one weekend. But yeah, 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 fun. definitely. We'll have um, to take pictures. I'm still there. super excited for sure. Cause I'm super excited to go to the aquarium. Whoever wants lives in that area and wants to come to the aquarium, please like hit yeah. us up and let us know what day. Did we say what day we were going to go? What day? We're no, gonna I go? think we're Friday. Monday? I don't know. I think it'll depend on appointments for other things. Um, Fair. Yeah. So Monterey Bay Aquarium is on the list because we want to go. Um, we're going to see where Dory lived. <laughs> we're probably going to get matching tattoos. Yes, definitely. That's not a probably. <laughs> that is a 100% sure. sure we thing. just have to make sure we can get an appointment for that. Um, we have to go to the bank, which is super lame and like business stuff. Oh um but that like, shouldn't take that long no hope th- it better not oh i mean gosh. most of the most of the stuff's done i literally just need to sign some things yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yay being in business so uh yeah but... and, and across the country from each other <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Woo>. <laughs> didn't think that one through very well no, um, no no but but yeah so um september what is it the 17th it is. I, I just this. looked at it. It's this. I'm, I'll be leaving here the 16th, but I'm not going to get into you till late. So yeah, yeah like so the we 17th have all day the 17th and then through the 21st. Tuesday morning, I think it was. Is that what we uh, said? I can't remember now. I go home Tuesday evening, but Tuesday? I wonder, I mean, like, I think I must have the time that I return home. Oh, probably. Because I think you're like here. midday or something like that. I think that's Yeah, I think it, I'm going to be flying most of the day yeah which sucks you just live too far away I should do tell me about it <laughs> but yeah but um yeah so we've got that and, and I think it'll be fun we got some stuff that we're gonna hash out we got we got some time that we need to like work on some stuff which will be good too um but also super random um for my job <laughs> if you are living in the San Francisco Bay area and you would like a job in internal medicine, let me know because my place is definitely hiring for internal medicine, which those, I think the last time an internal medicine position came up at my clinic was <laughs> five or six years ago. <laughs> so they don't come up super frequently. Um, so let me know and I can give you information on that because yeah because I the, honestly like our team's really good so um yeah I love my team I I'm very happy with where things are at work yeah. right now yeah 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 on that note um we don't really have any other shout outs other than me thanking people for wishing me happy birthday and mm-hmm. please go and wish Yvonne happy birthday even though this will come out the day after her birthday <laughs> Um, I got several like happy belated birthdays, mostly from my family, <laughs> but <That's> like, awesome. <laughs> my brother was like, happy belated birthday. I was like, thanks. He's like, I was rafting in West Virginia. And I was like, I feel like you say that every year. And you always text me one to two days after my birthday. I was like, do you do this every year? Or do you just not remember what lies you tell me? And <laughs> he was like, no, I go every year and it's always around your birthday. I was like, okay. I mean, like makes sense. Cause literally <laughs> the past three that's years, so that's what funny. you said. <laughs> You're like, huh is this the same excuse every year yeah I was like are you just that dumb that you're using the same thing on me I mean I guess Mm. he could be like he's just really smart and then he's like yeah if I use the same excuse every year 
then it'll seem like I'll I'm never actually doing it. something. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Oh, they're so also bad. buying a house though and moving at the same time I am like so we're we've been texting with each other about like closing and oh god appraisals and inspections and stuff like that and they they close like a day before I do oh my god <laughs> so, like but they I know. are closing on one house and I'm closing on two oh, poor Jordan's gonna be like kind of busy over the next month just just a wee bit <laughs> three weeks until I move into my new house that's crazy I'm, I'm so still super freaking excited out. that you're going to be moving into that place. Me too. Like I'm so Matt and I were talking about the fence. I think I talked about this a little bit last week about yeah. how we're going to eight like fence in an acre. Mm-hmm. Um, but now he wants to make the dog's yard, like just a little bit smaller and make a separate pen for goats. Like, mm. and you know, cause we need more animals in our life apparently. <laughs> um oh speaking of that reminds me um so yeah we're gonna get some goats and some chickens but only like two goats like not many um but i got my dna test back on the puppies these 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 two goats are gonna turn into 20 Uh uh-huh go ahead dna test on puppies Uh uh-huh yeah yeah just like my two dogs turned into 20 (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so the dna test came back on the puppies and i called it they are American Bulldog and Great Pyrenees mix. <gasps> Are they really? Yeah. Oh my God. They're going to be huge. Yeah. They're going to be huge. And that wisdom panel is actually pretty cool. Like I did the blood panel and like the things that it screens them for, like just congenital diseases and stuff like that. Mm. Like Mumu didn't have any of them, which is great. He's a carrier for some skin thing. That sounds like it could be like a really bad problem for a derm patient, but he's mm. a carrier for it. Not like a he's gonna get it for sure mm, interesting um huh and so that's really so cool. crazy because i with my dog um we did her dna test but this was i uh, probably 10 or 12 years ago um mm-hmm. and i remember getting her results back and it said american bulldog dogo argentine and i think that was all that was on there and i was like She's 45 pounds. (laughs) It's like somebody got something wrong in here, but I mean, that was so long ago, but yeah, you know, it's fun to look at that and just be like, what are you? Yeah. I think it's much better. It's cool too. Cause like it, it was basically like when I did the ancestry DNA thing, (laughs) it gave me virtually the same report. It showed me Moo's family tree. Um, and then like it pulled out like specific traits that it thought that he would have like something about his ears and his coloring about how he was probably saddle coloring with like black or brown mm. um and then the rest of them was white and I was like I mean first off I guess you could have kind of gotten that just from his name being Mumu that he was probably black and white right but uh I thought it was pretty cool and yeah so Great Pyrenees and American Bulldog crazy um so yeah and That's I weighed him puppy. I weighed him not yesterday, the day before, and he was 50 pounds at three and a half months old. I was like, and he's only three and a half months old. And then the rest of them, so Katie, I took Katie with him, and she was 38 pounds, so like 40 pounds, and then I think Scotty, who we joke has a liver shunt still, um, is probably like 28 pounds. Oh my god. (sighs) Yeah. I don't even know how you're going to move all these beasts. 
they're getting their own like U-Haul trailer. <laughs> like, it <won't> just... <laughs> or no, I think I might go borrow a horse trailer. Yeah, I might go borrow a horse trailer. Yeah, like, go borrow go. A horse trailer <laughs> and, like... Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> what kind of horse you got great pyrenees american bulldogs <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're gonna just know as arket and just like two oh my two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <sighs> i i hope somebody films at least so my this. my boss frequently tells me that i need like cameras in my house just because my life could be a sitcom yeah so it's definitely entertaining i mean like I'm never not entertained with my life. <laughs> like, you crazy girl, crazy. Uh-huh. Oh, oh my my therapist has yet to tell me though that I have a problem with having all those puppies. Um, so that's good. That's nice. That made me feel better. <laughs> She's waiting to, to break it to you. Probably. <laughs> We're too busy talking about all my other issues to worry oh about the gosh. dogs right now. Oh. <laughs> oh. Anyway, we should probably move on with the episode, mm-hmm. um, which I learned a lot writing these notes for this episode. So this week, it's not yet race approved. We're working on it. Yvonne and I met this morning to discuss getting our race approval stuff. Finalizing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it, it's still in the works, I promise. Um, but this week, we're going to be talking about canine and feline herpes virus. Um so which, I think oh, I, I was floored by that. I was like, canine herpes. And then she, you know, you, you kind of told me and I was like, oh yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's definitely not as like, it's not, I mean, it's not the same. It's, it's not thought of the same. Right. Um, the herpes virus infection in cats, as we know, um, is probably what we know most, what we see most of, but it's yeah. feline viral rhinotracheitis. Um, the FVR and the FVRCP. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it is an infectious disease. It's caused by the feline herpes virus, which is feline herpes virus type one. Um, can also be caused by other herpes viruses, um, but the type one is very specific to just cause infections in domestic cats and wild mm-hmm. cats too. Huh. Wow, that's crazy. You're like, yeah. you take your cat to the zoo and they could give each other herpes by sneezing on each other yes because <laughs> sure i don't know that happens all the time take your cat to the zoo i mean we're going to talk about it but i think <laughs> technically you could i think it'd be difficult but you could transmit it to a large cat yeah i was to say it's the same as like making sure you wash your hands when you're handling a cat with an outbreak yes yeah and then canine herpes virus is more of like it's a reproductive problem um, and it doesn't, it, it can cause some respiratory issues. We'll talk about it a little bit, but, um, it is definitely more of a repo problem and repo is not my specialty. So nope, that is <laughs> not internal medicine. I mean, it is, but it's not internal medicine. <laughs> no, that, that has its own specialty for sure. Yeah. Um, so we'll definitely get into more details about the feline virus versus the canine virus. But so the FER is, it's just a major upper respiratory virus in cats. And yeah. it is most commonly causing um, like conjunct- conjunctivitis. And that's where we test for it too, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but typically, these are, these are the cats that come in and they're just like all squinty and just like snotty and just feel like crap. congested. And yeah, I mean, they look like they have a head cold. Like, Aww, <laughs> they do. Oh. Like, 
you feel for their sinuses. It's like how yeah. my sinuses feel when I'm around a cat. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but it usually, so cats can become infected by direct contact with virus particles. Um, so it's spread in saliva and just other discharges from like the eyes or the nose um, of an infected cat. So usually a cat will be susceptible to getting this virus when it comes in direct contact with an infected cat, or it can come in contact with inanimate objects such as like food dishes, furniture, clothing, um, food as well. So all those feral cat colonies where they eat out of the same bowl. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of that stuff can become contaminated with viral particles. Yeah. And this is, um, this was one of the reasons why it was kind of weird, but so when I was teaching at one of the tech colleges, um, because we had colony animals, like we had our cats in our lab, we weren't allowed to have like cat furniture and cat scratch things that we couldn't disinfect. Yeah. That's because fair. they that were like, sense. it can potentially spread diseases. And we were just like, Ugh. so the poor cats didn't have cat trees. <laughs> so they used our counters as cat trees. But I mean, you know, it, it had to be stuff that could be easily sprayed down. And, and this is one of those things too, when, like, when you're working with a lot of rescue animals, you have to yep. think about that is that, you know, hopefully you have your new animals like come in, in a separate room and they're kind of quarantined until the virus stops shedding, <laughs> um, before you introduce them to the rest of the house, because, it's easy. It's easy to spread this one. Thankfully, it's not super deadly. It's just annoying. It is very annoying. Um, so usually what happens is, again, talking about cats, we'll talk about dogs in a second. Right. But when the, I don't really like the term the discharges, um, <laughs> but when ocular discharge, nasal discharge, or saliva from an infected cat contaminate an environment, mm -hmm. the virus can actually survive as long as it stays moist. Um, Which is why water bowls are a big thing too. Very much so. So, mm -hmm. but thankfully, like usually those secretions do tend to dry up fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. So that's always good. But of course, yeah, you still have the water bowl, food bowl. Um, if you live in an environment where it's just naturally moist outside, like Ooh, I do, indeed, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it can just, stay in the area but viral mm -hmm. particles that get onto hands or um other skin areas they usually only remain um infective for about a half an hour and usually while like things like water bowls and kitty litter boxes blankets um clothes anything like that these can remain moist for a while under normal conditions and the secretions can take up to a few hours to fully dry and be non-infective yeah and that um if you have cats it's been because especially with cats like when they're in the hospital right the stress of that will make them have a flare and so if you do see that a cat has been in the hospital for a couple of days and all of a sudden they just like start having that upper respiratory stuff you know having having a barrier in front of them, like a towel even. So if they do sneeze, it doesn't go shooting out of their cage yeah, that's a and aerosolize. Um, so, I mean, I, I like putting at least a sheet up. I, 
I like a sheet up for most of my cats in clinic anyways, just because they get less stressed that way. For sure. That's usually um, when the cats eat and stuff. Can't look at them. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> I know there's so many people that work in like a CCU or something like that and they want them open so they can see the cats. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, but but they really don't appreciate it. So sometimes we'll stick patients like that who are extra, just like gross um, mm. in oxygen cages, just with the vents open. So that way it like contains it a little bit more and we can just wipe down the cage every day. Yeah. Yeah. But we Ooh. can still see them and it doesn't get hot in there with cats. Like it does with dogs. Right. And yeah. Cats tend to like it better. Cause it's more like a little bit sound resistant. Yeah, definitely. Little, um, little cocoon. Yeah, it's nice. It's like a nice, I mean, it's a box. Cats love boxes. Mm -hmm. So um, for our dogs, most of our infected dogs don't actually appear sick, um, but sometimes they can have like mild conjunctivitis or upper respiratory symptoms. But again, this is more of a reproductive disease. So unborn or newborn puppies um, is usually who's going to be affected more seriously by the virus. So what it can mm -hmm. do in pregnancies, the herpes virus can cause like reabsorption of embryos, can abort the fetuses, it can cause stillbirths or death of puppies within like a few weeks of life, which we'll talk about a little bit more how. Um, so transmission of this virus usually occurs through like direct contact. Sexual contact can do it, but usually the like the normal route for spreading this virus is like through like nosing or licking or sniffing. Mm. No kissing puppies. Anyway. Um, it's like, how are you doing? I'm going to sniff your butt. Oh, I just got herpes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it is recommended for pregnant dogs actually to be isolated from other dogs for about like the last three weeks of pregnancy. And then the first three weeks after birth. And I'll explain that a little bit more. That's crazy. Um, hmm. But that's just so they can't, because they, they could pick up the virus anytime. So you shouldn't be taking your very, very pregnant dog to the dog park. Right. Not ideal. Um, I'm sure people who breed dogs probably know all this. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't think that herpes virus is one that they really think of. Because, I mean, I worked with a repro specialist and we never talked about herpes virus. We talked about brucellosis. <laughs> But we didn't yeah. talk about herpes. I don't think it's, at, it's definitely not as common. Um, well, it's not, caught and not as common in our area. I can imagine like if you have area with more like stray dogs, this would definitely be more of like an issue. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Like in like other countries and stuff like that, where you just have a lot more street dogs. So if a pregnant bitch becomes infected during the period of like three weeks, before due date or three weeks after birth, the litter is likely to be lost, which blows my mind because it's not talked about a ton, but- Oh, definitely not. Yeah. But I think maybe part of the reason why though too is because like, so the virus depends on like a cooler body temperature. So those puppies that need like a little heat lamp and stuff like that for the first three weeks of life because puppies aren't mm. able to regulate their own body temperature until after three weeks of age. So that's why it's critical to keep puppies uh, three weeks in eight of age and under warm um, just because it can, it can hamper like, the spread of the virus and just, hmm. you know, make it so them. it doesn't replicate and cause exactly. issues. That's crazy. Exactly. 
it's crazy that like a virus just like which i should send that to my doctor because he purposefully keeps our clinic cold because he thinks it dampens the spread of viruses which i'm sure it does for some but i'm going to tell him that it doesn't for canine herpes virus so we need to be careful because i'm always so cold at work i know it doesn't really matter but uh, dude they do that at my work too and i'm like great except we have to heat support everything <laughs> like, yeah that too <laughs> like hello <laughs> so i must have had like us <laughs> i had a good setup for pua then like i had a nice because it got a little chilly when the puppies were born in april um oh right yeah but i had a lamp like a, not a lamp i had um a heater up here and like this room just naturally stays warmer than the rest of the house which is why we kept them up here yeah um so good for me i helped you kept the herpes, herpes. way i did because <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if pua had it <laughs> she was she's a little naughty girl she was definitely sniffing some butts right <laughs> like i'm sure that's so funny uh so for cats, yeah. Um, cats, unfortunately, any age they can be infected with the herpes virus. Um, once they, unfortunately, once they are infected with the feline uh, viral rhinotracheitis, that the herpes virus tends to be more severe in younger animals or those with chronic conditions. So we we see it a ton with like our CKD cats. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if they're not feeling great, part of it too, being that their body temperatures get lower. Right. Um, and so they just get these flares. So anytime there's stress on the body, they, they definitely can have a flare up. Um, kittens are typically, uh, born to a cat that maybe has like the herpes virus latent. Um, they can still become infected after birth. Um, the symptoms typically develop in the first couple of weeks after birth. And of course, because they're little and they're kittens, these can be very serious. So that's like all those little foster kittens that come in, right. And they're just where their like, eyes just can't even open. Like, like that. <laughs> yeah, you're like, Ooh, the eye crusties, the, the herps <laughs> and they can't eat anything. Cause they can't smell. Cause their nose is right. so clogged. And yeah. The, and I feel so bad for them because well, they're little. <laughs> and they do need you know their nose to breathe and their eyes to see yeah. and trying to they do their little congested like they're like meow, meow. Uh, sad I'm so, sad I'm man. so congested right um so usually once the infection kind of gets into these cats they typically will start showing some disease signs at about two to five days so that's so kind of that incubation time, right? Is mm -hmm. two to five days. Um, unfortunately, these cats during incubation period can also affect other or infect other cats. Mm -hmm. Yay. And then once symptoms <laughs> appear too, the infection can last about 10 to 20 days. Yeah. Which is and a bummer. It, and it tip, I mean, it typically will clear itself, but, um, I mean, we, I see it all the time in my clinic where like, again, like a CKD cat comes in and it's like, oh, I'm having a flare. Um, and we'll treat them just to get them through it. So it doesn't get as bad. The problem with it is once a cat is infected with it, um, they become carriers and they typically will for life for life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're born with it and it's with them for life. 
Um, most of the time they just will have kind of the latent infection. So they're not really, you know, causing problems. Um, but the problem is, is the virus is still there and it'll survive within the cat's body until some sort of stress or illness kind of happens. And then the FBR is like, Hey, I'm ready. Like you're stressed. Cool. I got you. I'll Party time. Worse. Yeah. <laughs> that was an in- That's like the invite from someone that you didn't mean to invite. Oh, and then they come yeah. over at the worst time. Yeah. You're a crazy uncle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they don't even knock. They just come in. They're just like, Hey, hey. And you're like, Oh, we didn't send the invitation to you. And you're like, Great. yeah, yeah. I heard about it. Like, okay. Yeah. You're about two weeks too late. Like, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I love my, all my analogies. I'm mm-hmm. like, anyway, most of the times these cats will start showing the respiratory signs once the infection is, or once the infection, once the virus is reactivated. Um, but the, and the problem with that is, um, some of them don't show signs, but they could still be shedding the virus. So another reason why in clinics, wash your hands between patients at a minimum, if you can wear gloves between each patient, great. But at a very minimum, wash your hands between each patient, clean off the counters between each patient, clean off the scales between each patient. Um, because just because they're not showing it doesn't mean they can't potentially spread it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, very, very true. Um, good thing I wear gloves and wash my hands between each cat <laughs> <Right>. patient. <laughs> well, you have a very good reason for it. because you're. I also just don't handle cats them. very often. Yeah. yeah. So typically, uh, you guys know this, uh, a feline viral rhinotracheitis, right? It involves the nose, the throat, the eyes. You've got sneezing, nasal congestion, conjunctivitis. So you've got, you know, the, the, the surrounding tissue around the eyes, the eyelids, those just get really inflamed. You can see the excessive blinking and squinting, and then you get the gross discharge from the eyes and the nose. It can be anywhere from clear and watery to thick and purulent. I hope you all heard the change in Yvonne's voice when she was squinting as she was talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You did the excessive um, blinking and squinting as you were talking about it. Squinting and blinking. You know, when you just feel like crud and you got crusties and you're just Well, and your oh. eyes are dry and like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because uh, the eyes do dry out, which is because the virus can cause keratitis. Which is um, crazy. Which is inflammation and infection of the cornea, which Ugh. leads to corneal ulcers. Um, it can also lead to chronic dry eye Ugh. Um, or Ugh. corneal scarring can lead to just all sorts of eyes. Yeah. Well, and it sucks because like once that happens, like then they got to be on eye meds for the rest of their life. (laughs) Like for the uh, rest of their lives. Yes. Anyway, dogs. Um, (laughs) so there's usually, (laughs) (laughs) so there's usually two different types like of disease that the, that dogs will experience. Um, usually by puppies, depending on their age, uh, at the time of their exposure. So if puppies are infected after age, um, after they're three weeks of age, it's usually like a kennel cough type of respiratory infection. Oh. Um, 
which is why we shouldn't be taking our three-week-old puppies or two-week-old puppies out of a safe environment. They're not usually vaccinated, um, but it can cause upper respiratory issues, which can become serious because it can progress to pneumonia, um, just given the fact that young puppies, very small and very young, are very vulnerable. Um, but usually, overall, that type of, like that version of the disease is much better off for the patients than what like the younger puppies experience. Mm. So puppies who are exposed from birth up to age three weeks usually um, develop like a painful condition. Um, so yeah, it's a really, it, the, the information that I was looking up didn't really go into detail about what specifically is painful about this condition other than the fact that it just results in death. Um, I'm guessing so like, I, it's probably like just severe respiratory issues. Like they're probably not able to like ventilate organ, and, you know, so yeah, like, so tip, so what it said was typically puppies, young puppies who are affected that way are very vocal because it's painful. They can show mm -hmm. like abdominal bloating. They can have difficulty swallowing or breathing. And then of course, cold body temperatures. We kind of already talked about that. And then weakness. It's very, it's like a severe failure to thrive. <laughs> like, I wonder, you know, I wonder if some of those failure to thrives are, is this, and yeah. we just don't I, know it. I think it very well could be like, it's those one, those puppies that you do get that come in cold and just not doing well. Like, cause a lot of, I want to say a lot of the puppies that I've seen kind of that look that way, they, they do have like very shallow breathing. Um, yeah. And they're just, they're just poor doers like yeah. I do wonder if it is we're seeing more herpes than what we realize we're seeing because like that would require a necropsy afterwards right so it's like you can't or testing yeah and I mean I would guess that the test probably takes like what five to seven business days or something like that to get back and by that yeah. time yeah yeah exactly <laughs> usually and it's it, not good and actually this virus too like on this version of it can actually cause low platelet counts um oh yeah so we can see some petechiation but it might not always be externally visible which blows my mind like because Ugh. then when you go and do necropsy you see petechiation and you're like oh i wonder if this is like almost like a um SERS kind of thing this it definitely sounds like it sounds like the way it affects the bodies is, is very much a SERS which is systemic inflammatory response syndrome right yep so mm -hmm. you get i mean and they're little so it's <sighs> everything affects yeah them like they don't have anything to help protect them <laughs> yeah. versus like so mom can definitely help protect them so if a mom dog um was exposed or infected even like a long time prior to being pregnant um she would have developed antibodies and her puppies should be protected usually they'll have the colostrum that can help protect them exactly exactly mm. so as long as it's not like a bottle fed puppy like they they should be protected if mom has already previously had a herpes virus infection interesting yeah um differential diagnosis list is variable for cats obviously it's going to be like upper respiratory disease nasal polyp um mm -hmm. pneumonia tumor right. <laughs> tumor will never not be on the list because right. i just think of like a... cancer can do whatever it wants yeah um allergies uh right. for our dogs i feel like it it's so much harder because usually the bitches aren't like showing symptoms 
Yeah. And then usually puppies just die. So it's like, it's hard to have much of a differential list there. <laughs> like, right. Like all the things, <laughs> all, the, all the things that typically kill puppies, which everything can kill puppies. So it's sad. Um, yeah. But as for like testing and stuff like that, it's not overly recommended to test like a, a dog at breeding, like specifically if the dog's being bred, um, just because the infection status can definitely change by the time she were to get to that window of infecting puppies that three weeks prior to delivery and three weeks after. Um, so it's not recommended to test them at the time of breeding. It's not, it's one of those things where you can test at the time of possible infection or within that window. But again, the likelihood of catching it specifically, like unless you're like really keeping your dog away from other dogs and then the herpes virus infection might be like a, a bit of a shock. Like I can't see why you would specifically yeah. test for that uh, without running the risk of the dog coming into contact with herpes virus while you take it to the vet to <laughs> get tested. I would, I would think like if um, I would almost want to like test the other dog, right? Like test the stud and be like, do you have it? So I don't give it to my dog that I'm about to breed with. Yeah, but if they'd already been in contact, I guess, yeah, you could test the stud prior to them coming into contact. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking, like, the breeders that, like, you know, they do this, like, professionally. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I feel like a, um, quote-unquote, backyard breeding. Yeah, this is usually, like, housemates or an accidental breeding. Like, that's not, like, that's not going to (laughs) happen. They're not going to test prior. Yeah. It'd be interesting. I mean, cause like ideally, well, typically, I guess like if a bitch was exposed prior to like, then that doesn't matter. That's actually good for the puppies. Mm-hmm. I guess, I don't know. I guess it might be nice to know though, if the puppies are just like naturally protected from it or not. Yeah. Or you could just do what you should do and keep mom and puppies in a hole for isolated for six weeks yeah (laughs) Yeah. so don't catch everything else they can potentially catch too yeah um versus the the feline virus we definitely usually collect samples like from the eyes and the nose the conjunctiva um, back of the throat and we run a pcr testing on that um it is the most sensitive test available for diagnosing feline herpes virus but um if the virus is not making the animal sick um, or (laughs) shedding, then usually the test is not rewarding and you can get false negatives. Yeah. I, these are the kids that are having symptoms that we usually test and we're like, let's just make sure that's what it is. We usually run that test like on any of the rhinos that we do. Like just because by the time we Mm. see them for rhinoscopy, they're, they are showing symptoms. Right. Um, so at the time of rhinoscopy, before we flush everything, like we will grab some swabs. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times we do these like at the consult because we don't always do the consult and the rhino the same day. Oh, see, we always do. Oh, see, we don't, we don't always. Cause it's like, there's usually some sort of testing that needs to happen in between. Um, and then we'll schedule the rhino like either later that week or sometimes we can do it the same day, but yeah, especially if we're doing like if we're testing for herpes, a lot of times we won't do the same day because why would you do a CT rhino if it's herpes? 
You know what well, I mean? Well, we usually, yeah. That's so true. Like, well, we'll just do that test and be like, let's rule that out. Make sure we don't have to do a CT rhino because if it's herpes, it's not like doing the CT rhino is going to change anything. <laughs> you know? True, true, true. Other than giving them a good nasal flush and like clearing everything out. Yeah, but, but it's still uh, a virus that needs to run its course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then you're anesthetizing them, which actually puts more stress on the body. So you can actually have a worse flare up. Yeah. So treatment of the herbs in dogs In dogs. It's not <laughs> really love- very good. It's like, <laughs> it's pretty morbid. It was like, uh, it's Probably very like bad news. Puppies, yeah. As I say, it's, it's bad with puppies. I mean, it's a virus. Like there's really not a ton you can do for a virus anyway. Um, right. So it's often like supportive care if you're able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there was like studies about like if a seropositive nursing female is available. So if you have a dog who's tested positive for herpes can nurse the sick litter, um, that could potentially help the puppies recover just by giving them antibodies to help fight. I wonder if you could do like... Um... Like if you have a seropositive dog, mm-hmm. if you can do like plasma, you know? Well, it says that you can do serum. So serum separated from like a recovered female can be injected to puppies as a source of anti-herpes antibodies, which blows my mind. I've never serum. injected serum into <laughs> to anything. I mean, I guess I'm trying to think of what we've given sub Q. It might be serum. Interesting. Because and you, don't, you don't give a lot. Like it's like one to three mils or something. Something yeah. like that for like the little guys. Hmm. Yeah. I imagine that it, it's got to be like a small amount. But then also too, just keeping puppies warm can help keep the virus at bay a little bit. Right. Um, just help the virus not really survive at body temperature. And then there are antiviral medications, um, acyclovir or acyclovir. Hmm. Am I saying that right? Um, can help. I don't, I don't know how that affects puppies honestly yeah i don't know um i don't i don't think we assume it's herpes like i i don't yeah i think we just radar like (laughs) yeah i think we just treat symptomatically a lot of times um luckily herpes virus is definitely easily killed by just common household disinfectants Mm -hmm. i did learn that in europe there actually is a vaccine that's available for like to use in pregnant bitches. Um, Hmm. It's like one dose at the time of breeding and then a second dose six to seven weeks later. Um, And it can be repeated with each pregnancy, but it's not available in the US. But Europe's always ahead of us on the vaccine front for sure. Yeah. They don't have as many hoops to jump through to get things (laughs) legal. Yeah. So um, for cats, if it's a just uncomplicated infection, um, you could just treat it symptomatically. Uh, typically, uh, it just depends on the clinical signs and how your cat is, you know, what, what they're showing basically. Uh, if it is eyes that is affected, you can do topical eye medications just to make sure, you know, they stay, stay nice and moist and not getting those corneal, corneal ulcers. Um, and then if you have, um, you can do an a ophthalmic antiviral, um, or an oral antiviral. Um, we typically use famcyclovir. Um, you can also do the L lysine 
uh, yeah, supplementation. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, cause that's a am amino acid that kind of helps decrease the spread of the infection. Typically antibiotics are prescribed to kind of control those secondary bacterial infections, especially in kittens, just because they get all sorts of gross stuff. And so you, you know, um, doxycycline, uh, azithromycin and clavamox are kind of the, the common ones. And then um, a probiotic. So Fortiflora has actually been proven effective for re reducing the length of illness. So I think just, you know, kind of getting the guts healthy to, to fight off viruses and just general health is a good thing, which is nice about I mean, it probiotics. Doesn't, it's, it doesn't only replenish gut bacteria, which is good. Like it's good for bladder bacteria. I mean, it's mm -hmm. good for just the normal bacteria that should be in your body. Yeah. Well, that's what's the nice thing about probiotics is it creates the healthy GI biome. And then that just makes everything else healthier too, because then you can get the nourishments that you need, which is also better for your bladder. There's better, better for a lot of things. So probiotics, I, I think we don't use them as much as we probably could. Yeah, for um, sure. And so probiotics are, are definitely a way to help be healthier. Um, there is a new treatment, which I've never even heard of this, um, called polyprenol um, immunostimulant or PI. Yeah. It claims that it can boost the immune system to help fight the virus. Um, and it's the early studies on this has shown that um, the treated cats actually have less severe illness. So I'll have to look into mm -hmm. this a little bit more, but mind you, I guess we don't treat herpes cats as frequently as. No, we, we usually treat like, like I said, um, you know, our CKD cats that are having a flare up and yeah. typically when we do that, we do famcyclovir, right? Um, you can use a steamy bathroom or, or a nebulizer for 10 to 15 minutes, um, throughout the day, just to kind of help clear things out. And, you know, cause these cats, well, not just these cats, but cats in general, if they can't breathe and smell things, they're less likely to eat. So the, that's also a big problem with these kids is the symptoms of just not wanting to eat. So, um, you know, like an appetite stimulant can, can be really good for them. Sometimes they need to be hospitalized because they get dehydrated because they're not eating and drinking. So again, symptomatic, you know, treatment of whatever's going on with them. Yeah. And then um, client communication. Cause yep. they need to know what to do with their cats. <laughs> okay. We teach them how to clean. Yep. So the big thing on this is, you know, routine disinfectants can kill it. So we just need to make sure that they understand that they, they should be cleaning their home, especially when there's a flare up that's happening. Cause that's, that's when they're going to be shedding it. Um, so, you know, just making sure to read directions on disinfectants and making sure they're staying on them for appropriate amount of time. So like if you're doing the bleach solution, it should be on there for a minimum of five minutes. Um, blankets and toys can be regularly disinfected just with like hot water and detergent. Um, so makes it nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you have something that can't be bleached, you know, washing with soap and water, just making sure it doesn't say damp. So the virus, you know, keeps going, um, upholstered furniture, you can use upholstery shampoo, um, cat furniture. You just need to, you know, kind of clean it as well. 
So if you've got an infected cat, wash your hands, use a hand sanitizer, get under your fingernails, you know, application of a, a hand sanitizer afterwards. So these are all ways if, you know, especially if you've adopted a cat <laughs> and they come with their herpes, you're going to be dealing with it for the rest of their lives. So just making sure what to do when they're having a flare up. Because again, once they have it, most likely they're going to have it for the rest of their lives. They don't really get rid of it. It's just asleep. <laughs> just asleep. Um, the other thing too is just remembering that the core vaccines include FBR, so FBRCP, um, to prevent most infections, <laughs> um, but it doesn't prevent all of them if they're exposed to the virus. So it just kind of helps make it so that the infection isn't as severe and it can sh and shorten the length of the illness. The big thing is, um, you know, the, the immunity with the vaccine is not going to be long-term. Um, so we just have to make sure that if they do have large exposure to the virus, like a high dose of the virus, um, they need to have, may need to have the, the vaccine boosted, um, on a, a regular basis just to protect them. So vaccine for this is important just so you don't get sick with it in theory. Most of the times they've gotten it as kittens. So there. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, cautions is <laughs> washing your hands, wearing gloves, being clean in, in your clinic. If you've got clean a cat. after every patient, <laughs> yeah. not just cats, every patient, just every clean patient. after every patient. Yeah, exactly. If you do have cats hospitalized um, and they you know, yes, they're stressed or if they're starting to look stressed, you might want to cover their cage just to prevent potential of sharing of, of cooties. It's the tip of the week. We can use oxygen cages to help keep viruses at bay. Yes. Um, you just have towels. to clean really well. Yeah. Yeah. You got to clean all the parts, bells and whistles that go into it. Um, but we should be doing that anyway after each patient. So <laughs> true that, true that but it can help keep viruses from spreading too terribly far just by yeah. shielding I mean, if you it. have like a separate, if, if you have a fancy clinic and you have multiple isolation rooms, yep. that would be <laughs> ideal. Actually have like the upper respiratory room. <laughs> Cause I hate putting these cats into like the parvo isolation. I know because like, cats... I'm like, do they really need parvo isolation? No. So, yeah. And now for the question of the week. Does anybody have any experience with the canine herpes virus? If you're a breeder or have bred or know, mm. helps assist a breeder with their poor, poor litter. Right. Um, that'd be nice. Yeah. To know. Just because I've never experienced it. I yeah, mean, I, I may have. I just. <laughs> right. Uh, I guess it's just have you tested any, you know, dog herpes, like positive animals? I, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Oh. all right i think that, that anything works, else no i think uh, that was a lot of information i feel like just because we're talking dogs and cats and they're two very separate diseases <laughs> right i mean it's still a virus and, and i think that's just one thing to remember too is once they have it 
it doesn't really go away. I think that's the big thing for clients to know and understand that uh, antibiotic isn't going to help with a virus. Yeah. It's just helping. It helps with the other infections that come along with it. But um, yeah, I know we have a couple of clients that just have um, a three week course of famcyclovir and doxycycline at home. Yeah. For when they have flares. Yeah. Like after boarding and like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Or a hospital stay. And yeah, we've definitely seen that. So, all right, guys, well, have a wonderful week. Uh, enjoy the, is this the last month of the summer, technically August or September? Still September summer? is when fall is right. Uh, September 21st. Right? Yeah. Okay. So this is the last full month of summer. Hopefully you guys are enjoying it. Hopefully nobody's getting any respiratory infections. <laughs> yeah. And, or any um, infection. Right. Exactly. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys soon. Have a wonderful week. Let us know if you have any experience with uh, canine herps. Yeah. And, uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you like what you heard, we'd love for you to share with someone you think might enjoy the podcast and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Want to give us a boost? Please leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and we'll be sure to say thank you. Find out everything about us at internalmedicineforvettechs.com. Talk to you next week. Bye.